Welcome to Upward with Transfer, where we tackle our evolving workforce and how educators, governments, and industries are changing to keep up. We're dedicated to building effective pathways for workers and job seekers to get the skills they need to get into well-paying careers in high-growth industries. Our part in that is designing and distributing hands-on simulations that learners can use to explore new career options and develop core skills before entering an in-person vocational training program. Transfer simulations augment human educators, broadening their range of classroom possibilities without expensive facilities build-outs or specialized equipment. I'm Jack Sislak, Editorial Director at Transfer, and your host for this episode. I'm joined by Bo Pollock from Trio Electric in Houston, Eric Salznow from Jobs for the Future, and Barani Rajakumar from Transfer. Hey, all right. Really super excited to have everybody here for a great chat. Let's just go around the room, tell everybody a little bit about who you are. We're going to start with Bo, then go over to Eric, and end on Barani. Take it away, Bo. All right. Bo Pollock, president and CEO of Trio Holdings based in Houston, Texas. Great, Bo. Uh, good day, everyone. My name is Eric Sellisnow. I'm the uh, senior advisor and co-founder of the Center for Apprenticeship and Work-Based Learning at an organization called Jobs for the Future. We're a national nonprofit in the education, training, and workforce space. I've been a workforce for many, many years uh, and apprenticeship and reentry and a few other things. Pleasure to join you today. Hey everyone, my name is Barani Rajakumar. I'm the founder and CEO of Transfer Inc. We specialize in knowledge transfer by creating job training simulations that help folks get on a, a pathway to upward career mobility. Awesome, love it. Thanks again, really great to have everybody here. Let's jump right into it. Barani, I wanna start with you. Tell everybody about the extensive research that goes into planning every new set of modules that we build and a little bit about what drew transfer to work with uh, electrical construction as our next focus area. Sure. So first and foremost, our mission is to help people get onto a career path to upward mobility and electricians have a, a career path to a job via apprenticeships. Not only that, but these are jobs that are essential for every community. Electricians, uh, you know, they're the professionals that wire up schools, hospitals, your homes. I mean, they just play a very critical role in keeping the community powered. Additionally, like we have um, an infrastructure that, that's a little outdated. And so the demand for this skill set is not gonna go away anytime in the near future. So that kind of checks a lot of the boxes that we look for in terms of deciding what training we wanna get involved in because it has a clear pathway to a job that pays a family sustaining wage. The other kind of thing that pushed us over the edge is we had the fortune of meeting uh, Bo and his team at Trio, and they've just been a phenomenal partner. Um, they are super opinionated about what great training is. Um, it's very clear in the way that they train folks on their own and prepare people for work at Trio and, and other companies. And they were also very clear about the value that hands-on training simulations could provide to them. So I'll let Bo go into more of that detail, but you know they saw just the amount of savings, for example, that it could bring on consumables, right? Mm -hmm. And this was before costs just started skyrocketing. Right, yeah, no, that's a great story. We're, let's just touch on something you mentioned before. I know we're facing an electrician shortage now. People are getting out of the industry, and so there's a lot of opportunity for people to get in and then go somewhere in their career. So anybody wants to jump in on that, I just want to hear your thoughts, and then we'll talk about Trio more. I'll jump in there. Of course, I'm biased because I'm a master electrician, and uh, I think electricians are the smartest and best looking. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, um, as as Bronnie was saying, 
you know, this field is, is very promising, uh, offers a lot of growth for employers and employees. Mm-hmm. Um, everything in the built world that moves and a lot of the things we use every day require electricity. Absolutely. Uh, think about it, right? The air yep. conditioning blowing in your house, the elevator that took you upstairs, the computers we're on right now, the electric vehicle you drove today, it all requires power, right? And yep. so electricians are needed to connect the power plant, the wind turbines, mm-hmm. the solar panels to make all of this work. Um, and given the current labor shortage, there's far more demand for electricians right now than there is supply of electricians. So simple economic theory says if something is in high demand, the price for it should go up. And this is why the average salary for electricians is around $70,000 before benefits and before overtime. And uh, the really good electricians are making well over six figures. So I think this is a great field for uh, somebody to think about. You know, I mean, electricians are in the only shortage, right? You know, it's an interesting landscape for workforce mm-hmm. development. Yeah. And this is right on the heels of the pandemic. Right. And so transfers, uh, products, mm-hmm. are really helpful, you know, given the remoteness and the moving around that people yeah. are doing. So very interesting time. Let's talk specifically about how Trio kind of bridges that gap between you're actually out there in the field doing work, but you also have a training program. Like, let's hear that story. Why did you start this? Yeah, so we decided to bring our training in-house uh, several years ago. And and like most electrical contractors, we had outsourced the apprenticeship training to uh, our National Trade Association. Um, the curriculum, however, that was being taught mainly focuses on the National Electrical Codebook. And ultimately, uh, you know, being able to pass a state electrical journeyman's test uh, requires you to know that code. Gotcha. However, if you ever walk on a job site and actually see work being done, you never see electricians carrying around codebooks. So we decided to create our own in-house training apprenticeship program that would teach entry-level employees how to be productive and mm-hmm. safe electricians. Parani, Bo, how'd you meet? How'd this all happen? We met actually, so we had been working in Texas, working with workforce development boards mm-hmm. and institutions of, of higher ed. And they made a suggestion and said, hey, you, I think your mission would be aligned with what, what Trio is doing. You should talk to them. And so we had an initial conversation. And because we focus on knowledge transfer, you know, it necessarily requires us to work with experts. So we are always looking for uh, domain experts, uh, such as Bo and his team, because what we want to do is we want to create this, uh, you know, essentially like a pre-apprenticeship kind of a training program in virtual reality where someone is allowed to make mistakes and learn from their mistakes in real time. And there's a digital coach that talks to them about how they can improve their performance to meet the job requirement standards. And so uh, Bo and his team were just like incredibly knowledgeable and passionate, as he mentioned, Mm -hmm. they have their own academy, a step further to not just have a traditional manual and and training Mm -hmm. program, but they created like an entire academy around it uh, to train hundreds of people with a mission of saying, hey, anyone that we train that we don't have a job for, well, we're going to let our you know other, other employers in the area recruit them. And so there was that mission alignment from day one. They're incredible subject matter experts. And so from our from our perspective, it was uh, it was the right decision to make because they, they are, in essence, helping us achieve our mission of getting the people onto a pathway to employability as possible. Love it. And yeah, Bo, what, tell us your side of the story. Yeah, I mean, I think Verani uh, did a great job summing it up. And, and, and I will say they've been uh, an excellent partner because mission is absolutely aligned, which is critical to any uh, you know, partnership. Um, but I started doing research and interviewed, I think, five or six different VR development companies. 
uh, had heard about Barani and the good work that they were doing at Transfer. And quite honestly, it came down to a very simple exercise. I put, um, I put my five-year-old uh, in all the headsets that I had uh, that I had received from the different VR companies we were interviewing. Uh, he put on uh, Transfer's headset, and about 15 minutes later, he was changing the oil in a car using their auto tech simulation. Um, that's a true story, and and so I said, these are the guys we need to partner with, and the rest is history. Awesome. Yeah, I love that story. That's great. Uh, let's keep going on sort of how this uh, relationship evolved. Yeah, so uh, we originally um, stepped away from the, the traditional way of doing things with the Industry Trade Association back in 2013, and uh, we developed our own curriculum and have continued to improve it over time. Uh, as our training program started expanding, we realized some major hurdles. Mm -hmm. The biggest one, uh, there's not enough instructors out there to teach these skills the good old-fashioned way of teaching it. Sure. Um, and so back to what I was saying earlier about supply-demand, all of the electricians are gainfully employed and making lots of money. So it's hard to get them to leave industry, take a pay cut yep. and become a teacher and, <laughs> and go figure, you know, just because they're a great electrician doesn't mean they are great teachers. Yeah. So the VR simulations we created in conjunction with transfer really help us overcome uh, that teacher shortage because the subject matter expert is now in the headset. Yeah. Um, another great incentive is practicing electrical work in a headset is a lot cheaper than a traditional classroom because you don't have to waste as much money on the material yes. uh, that you you know you use during the traditional training. And right now, material is a lot more expensive than it's ever been. Uh, so this is even more attractive to us. Yes, absolutely. And that was going to be the next thing we just want to talk about, some of the unique benefits that VR, that these hands-on simulations bring to, especially electrical construction, because I know some stuff jumps out at me right away, but I want to let you all do the talking. I'll, I'll just kind of throw a few more things in there that we've noticed that unintended benefits, if you will, uh, of the VR technology. Uh, so in addition to what I've already mentioned, um, the performance verification piece is, is huge. Mm -hmm. uh, in a traditional classroom setting with one instructor, and maybe 25 students, uh, it's hard for that instructor to really understand what's going on in their classroom. Um, and until they do performance verification, which is usually an exam or a quiz, mm -hmm. they don't know. Um, mm -hmm. It's difficult for those teachers to, to really know. Uh, so with transfers technology, we can see now uh, real time, the mastery of skills student by student and module by module. And you can tell how each student is doing and then customize your training to each student. That's a pretty powerful thing when you think about it. Yeah. Um, to really maximize learning outcomes in a scalable manner using technology versus doing it, uh, again, the good old-fashioned way. No, absolutely. You have the coaching component where you can truly train people, but you have the assessment component also mm -hmm. uh, that really has become not just a training tool for us, but we can now uh, you know, assess uh, new hires coming in the door who say they know how to do these things. Yeah, we put a VR headset on them and mm. they can show us whether or not they really know how to do them or not. You know, it's just, it's just a man. I'm an old school workforce guy, right? Mm -hmm. I've been doing this for 40 years and we used to have index cards and paper files <laughs> and no computers and Gatby tests. And, but it, you know, there, there's all sorts of ed tech tools mm -hmm. and products out there that are really, uh, changing the landscape for workforce training both and why this is so important is because the book study and related technical instruction in school to learn theory and all that is critically important mm -hmm. but you also want to be able to get that hands-on how-to experience which you know this Absolutely. is a pre a precursor to getting out in the field right and so mm -hmm. i think that's uh shortens uh, training time shortened times of skill development uh, yep. and really advances them along 
Totally. The, the other thing um, that I wanted to add, so what's what's also helped transfer as a company is organizations like JFF. So JFF mm -hmm. in 2020 published a report called Immersive Learning Technology in which they started tracking companies that were in you know, augmented reality and virtual reality. And so, you know, the work that Eric and his team are doing at JFF has really helped shed a light on, on what we're doing. You know, we're not using index cards. We're not doing things the, the old school way. And so, you know, I, I do think we're still in the early phases of this. So I mm -hmm. think companies like Trio that are, you know, early adopters and innovators are, are going to be pioneering the field. And that's only going to benefit them to the extent that they want to, um, you know, gain a competitive advantage. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're talking about all the ways that VR is good for people in this kind of program. Bo, why don't you just tell us directly, how are the VR sims being used at Trio? Well, the mm -hmm. VR simulations are are very uh, helpful for a lot of the hands-on training. Mm -hmm. It just makes that a uh, more scalable and affordable part of the program. Cool. Uh, but it doesn't supplant, you know, the true hands-on uh, you know, work that has to be mm -hmm. done. And so our program consists of that as well as some other video-based modules uh, that we've created. And then we still have a good old-fashioned instructor in the front of the room, but they can be more efficient yeah. and, again, scalable uh, using the VR simulations for a lot of the hands-on training because instead of one instructor, you might have 10 instructors yeah. in the room. I have a question for Bo. Just out of curiosity, we've seen at other sites that we work with that women in particular you know, in the past may have not considered a role in the skill trades because they had a preconceived notion of, what it was or who, who works in it. But after they go through training simulations, their confidence kind of goes up and they go, wait a minute, like, I, can, I can do that. I'm just curious if you see any of that in the, in the students that you work with. I mean, definitely, again, the, there's fear uh, in getting up in front of the classroom and having to demonstrate skills, which, again, is the way it's been done uh, for, for a long time. And we have some uh, we have some pretty amazing success stories with females in the workplace that came through these programs using this VR headset. So absolutely. Yeah. You know, the big challenge across the country is diversity, equity, accessibility, in not only apprenticeship, but a lot mm -hmm. of skilled training programs, mm -hmm. right? Whether it's people's self-view that they don't think they can do it, whether they didn't grow up around computers, whether uh, they're women and are concerned about being in a male-dominated industry. Yep. There's so many things that impact the diversity, equity, and accessibility uh, and inclusion of, of apprenticeships and other workforce training. I see this tool as being very helpful for that. So it's, it's leading people into it in a safe environment. It's getting them connected to it. So while that may be helpful for all learners, it, it allows programs like ours and Bose maybe to make a welcoming work site for people of color or uh, mm -hmm. women or immigrants and do some of the other things that are necessary to expand your diversity and equity. I mean, the numbers for women in the building trades is about probably less, probably about three or 4% across the country in the building trades, mm -hmm. a little bit better in manufacturing, but not mm -hmm. much better, mm -hmm. a little bit better in, you know, other, other industries, but still not great. And people of color uh, also are, uh, mm -hmm. The numbers are pretty good, but their wages are mm. low. So, because mm. they're not getting access to the prime apprenticeships or, or skills and training. So, I, I, I see this as just a really good on ramp on mm -hmm. the super highway of workforce training and something besides quickening things gives people a soft entry into it where they can get some learning before they have to hit the bricks. No, that, that's awesome. Yeah, that's very comprehensive. And uh, yeah, go ahead, Bo. And then after this, I'm just going to want to talk a little bit because Eric was kind of teeing us up about what you look for in candidates in this field. 
Yeah, I just have to you know get on my soapbox for a second too yeah. to, to add to what's already been said. First, Eric has spent a career truly understanding this stuff. I mean, uh, he, he's seen it firsthand. He knows it well. Uh, this is his uh, passion and profession. And so hearing his perspective of, of this, uh, this issue and how we solve it, I think is really valid. A. B, um, the children are our future. And we have to uh, expose them to ideas and opportunities uh, that they haven't already been exposed to. And small businesses and entrepreneurs like Barani and to some degree myself are the economic engine that makes this country work. Um, we have to give students these options. They have not, in my opinion, been taught or given these options historically because everybody's supposed to go to college. And I understand the benefit of going to college and everybody, if they can, should get that post-secondary education. Um, but having programs like this uh, is going to create uh, the workforce that we need to mm -hmm. be strong, successful, uh, and strategic in the world. Um, so I think it's really important for us as a country to figure this out. Um, and then more microscopically, uh, yeah, the last seven words of a dying company, you know, but we've always done it that <laughs> way. Uh, we've been trained the same way for a long time. You know, building out classrooms to mimic job sites in the construction industry and the ongoing cost of consumables and protective equipment uh, is expensive. Yeah. Hiring instructors who are qualified to teach is impossible because <laughs> we're trying to find the subject matter experts in an industry that's already short talent. Mm -hmm. And then last, uh, despite having a consistent curriculum, instructors all teach differently, which yeah. produces inconsistent results. And so the technology that we're talking about here, the virtual reality, um, along with some really good old fashioned mentorship, um, you know, will produce really good results. And that's what we're doing. Um, and, and one other thing that I just thought of that I think is absolutely important for anybody who's listening to, to, to get on uh, the bandwagon. We need in our school systems to teach people how to have employable skills. Mm. Most of us are not independently wealthy, will not win the lottery. We have to learn how to work. And we're not teaching kids the importance of employable skills because to Eric's point earlier, just showing up every day is yeah. a huge win for the employers and is a huge win for the employees. So we have to teach that. And, and as you said, uh, Jack, we're doing that. Or, or Eric, I think, mentioned that we're doing that in our program. We're teaching employable skills and we're teaching financial literacy so they understand what to do with the money when they get a paycheck. Um, that's all got to change and we're, we're doing it. Uh, let's let's end on a real a real note of a trio success story. If you have one you, you, in your back pocket that you want to share with us, Bo, I think that'd be a great way to go out. Well, um, we have a bunch of them on our website. It's uh, trioeducation.com, T-R-I-O education.com. Just go to the student testimonials. Um, cool. You know, it, it gives me goosebumps to talk about the students who are, are the first generation, uh, you know, or second generation within their families, I should say, to uh, to go make some money and get paid more than their parents uh, do. Um, yeah, so Guadalupe Maldonado has been a, a female that went through our program. Um, she did uh, two years in high school. Uh, mm -hmm. She came out and did three and a half years in, in the field as an electrician. Cool. Um, she expressed a desire to move into our office environment. She's now working in our accounting department, just had her first child. Oh. Uh, that's a success story. Uh, another great success story, Daniel Aleman, who came from a very similar background, graduated from the program, uh, came to work for us, is now traveling the state of Texas uh, as an electrician, making tons of money. Uh, just pulled up in front of our building a couple weeks ago in his brand new F-150 that took him <laughs> forever to get because of supply chain issues, but he finally got it. He got it. Uh, and he's using the extra money and the time that he has to go to night school at uh, Houston Community College to get an associate's degree. Those are success stories. 
thanks for bringing it all together like that. And I just want to, and Barani, I want you to get a final word in here too. Um, for our listeners, you don't know this. Uh, I went out to Trio a couple weeks ago. We did some video out there and me and the other guys from the video team could not believe like, it was like, okay, so you train all these people and then they work for you. It's like, no, they just, they just get jobs. I mean, some of them work for us. Some of them end up teaching for us, but you know, we will hire them out on other jobs. But like, you know, once I get the electrical apprenticeship, pre-apprenticeship training, you know, good luck. Like they, if they can't stay here, we want them to get out there and just be doing the work. Uh, so yeah, to your point, Eric, again, Bo and Trio are really putting skin in the game. And Barani, please take us home. I just want to add one other bit of color on that. Um, I mean, I think what's really interesting about Trio, you mentioned Fortune 500 companies, and you described Trio as a medium-sized business. Um, Trio works for its community. Right? It works Indeed. for the people in its backyard. Um, the employees are people that they know, um, that they see in the community. Yeah. And so to your, I think you made this very important point, which is Bo and Trio basically said, we aren't going to wait for anyone to give us permission. We're just going to do this. <laughs> our own money is powerful because oftentimes in bureaucracies, mm-hmm. you're just waiting for someone to give them permission. I think what is really cool is they just said, forget it. We don't need to wait for anyone. Like We know what to do and we're going to go do it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Man, guys, I appreciate it. I'm feeling the love and, and don't get carried away, but <laughs> <laughs> I promise it won't go to my ego. But you know, my partners who uh, know how much money we've invested in this endeavor think I'm crazy. But, uh, but it is important. Uh, it is very much fulfilling to see the success stories and it's benefiting our business. And I wish more companies would do it. I know. And you know, if people could see the return on investment, mm. I mean, it's really incredible work. And you, you know, I see this all over the country. I was in Charleston and this 22 year old woman who was working in a major manufacturing apprenticeship, she bought a new house and it's not a second rate program. It's mm-hmm. not, Oh, I couldn't make it college. So I did. Right, this. right, right. It's a, cho- it's a choice. Yep. More yeah. than one pathway to the middle class. And some of these kids will go on to college to become electrical engineers sure. and things like that. And some will stay in the workforce. So it's really a great combo. Cool. Well, and this conversation will stay in all of our hearts. Thanks, everybody, so much for being here. Uh, I knew when we got all this talent on, on one, in one place at one time, we were going to get some good results out of it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so, so much, everybody, for being here. And uh, yeah, to you at home, have a great rest of your day. To us here on the phone, have a great rest of your day. Take care. Cool. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you. Yep.